Well, hello. Um, welcome to you Sunday. My name, as the video said, is Colin Hahn. Most of you most likely know me as the pastor's son. And let's just get something straight. I'm not nearly as good as him at giving sermons, but I'm much better looking than him, so that should overcome some of the deficit. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about witnessing, which tends to be a very uncomfortable topic for many people. Nobody likes to feel uncomfortable, and I know that from experience. I grew up and played sports and went to school with the same group of people for about eight years. And when it came time to choose high schools, I not only went to a high school that none of them went to, I went to one 30 minutes away where I knew absolutely no one. And my first day of school was an absolute nightmare. I mean, it ended up with me going into a lunchroom that was completely full and eating at a table by myself. No one even told me it was a loser's table. It just it was awful. I don't want to feel that awkward again, but if we are being honest, witnessing can give us that kind of feeling. Over the past few weeks, my dad and the pastor have been answering you guys' questions in the sermon series. You asked for it. There were quite a few questions about the end times and Jesus' return. There has always been this interest in Armageddon stuff, type stuff, and figuring out when Jesus will return. Why is that? Is it curiosity, a desire for him to return, fulfill his promise? Are we scared of him returning, or are we scared of him not returning? We are not alone in these questions, for even the disciples asked these questions to Jesus about when he would return. I think maybe the disciples were even scared of him not returning soon enough. If you have your Bibles, please open with me to Acts 1. We'll be beginning in verse 6 and reading verse 8. Acts 1, it's after John in the New Testament. Starting in verse 6. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know time or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is Jesus' final command to us as humans, and wow, is there a lot he has to say in such a short statement. The disciples are asking Jesus about his return. Now, we know they are close friends, and they'll miss him when he leaves. And that could be part of their questioning, but I believe there's more going on there. They know they will see Jesus in a short time due to death, but perhaps they are concerned about what they're going to have to endure before that time gets there. They've been hiding since he was crucified. When he was resurrected, Jesus, he appeared to the disciples and hundreds of others, but there was an entire nation of people he didn't appear to. And the church and the the leaders of the church responsible for his crucifixion want to keep it that way. Will you open your Bibles once again and turn to Matthew 28? We'll be starting in verse 12 and reading through 15. Matthew's 28. It's the first book of the New Testament. Starting in verse 12. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, tell people his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. As shown in this verse, 
They wouldn't keep people away from any idea that Jesus had defeated death. Now, going back to the disciples, while they were considering their abilities to die, to sh- as most of them did, to tell others about Christ and share his love, they knew that the time ahead of them would be one filled with persecution and hatred towards them. So they had this future that doesn't sound very great, and Jesus is leaving them. Well, of course they're going to be scared. They want to know, when is this time of agony that I'm about to adore will end? They're probably asking themselves, do I have the strength to do this? Do I have the will to do this? That is where Jesus gives us and them his famous last commands. Most of you probably have your Bibles open to Acts 1-8 already, but I'm going to just read that last verse, Acts 1-8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In this verse, Jesus gives them a focus, a power, and a target. The first aspect I want to focus on here is the focus Jesus gives them. He tells them, don't focus on the when, but the what. That what is being a witness. God chose his last command to be about witnessing to others. It shows how truly important he thought it was. Every day we see all on the news how crooked and corrupt this world is becoming. I mean, just a month ago, we had a kid walking to school and stab a bunch of other kids. We had people shooting each other just for the fun of it. And then we look back on it and we wonder, how did it all get so bad? Well, the obvious answer is sin, and I'm not going to try to disagree with that. I totally agree with that. But I'm wondering what I am doing, what we are doing as a Christian body to be a hindrance, a buffer to sin's growth. As the world gets worse, Christians become more and more isolated into small groups. And they may do that for a good reason, like purity and protection. But we are still called to engage society. We cannot ignore the world around us and all the sin and fallen people. We have to be salt and light. We have to live the life of Christ in front of the world, not just each other. The an- so how did this all fall apart? Well, the answer is right in front of us and is us. Our lack of willingness to make the sinners part of our everyday life. Now, obviously, I don't mean joining in with their sin, but definitely mean being around them and making them talking to them. There are quite a few reasons why we do not witness people as much as we should. But I think it can be summed up into the fact that we are scared, selfish, and secluded. Something I like to call the three S's. Like the disciples, when they were asked Jesus about when he would come back, many people are afraid to witness. What if I fail? What if I'm rejected? Now these questions are all real, and these feelings are all real. But I think it's very important that we look back and we think how momentary fear prevent someone from having an eternal relationship with Jesus Christ. The second S, selfishness, is probably the biggest one that I and Christians all around struggle with. Our lack of willingness to go out of our way for just a few moments and make the sinners part of our everyday life. We have all been guilty of this. And then the last S is secluded, which I've already talked about. You know, Jesus doesn't want the Christian body to seclude themselves from the world. No, he wants us in and throughout it. Every day, every single person has the ability to be a witness. From big things like sharing the gospel to small things like just the way we drive. One of my favorite stories is of an Olympic runner named Eric Little. Please watch this video. Just like Eric, we can use our abilities, our work, our hobbies, anything we commit to him to be a witness for him. And when we do that, it blesses him and maybe perhaps another salvation is led to it. So Jesus tells us what we're about 
And then when the, where the power comes from. If you have, if you're, open your Bibles to Acts 1, and we're going to be reading verse 4 through 5. Acts 1, starting in verse 4. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus knows we are weak. He knows we struggle in having the courage to talk to others alone. But he doesn't want us to do it alone. He wants us, as he says in Acts 4, to wait for the Holy Spirit to empower us. Don't go. Don't move. Don't tell until the Holy Spirit's in you. When you have the Holy Spirit's in you, that is when you need to go. And that is when you need to tell. Well, how do we know when the Holy Spirit is empowering us? When you feel that all to go and tell, that is when he was, that's when he's calling us. Now, many of us will say, well, you know, I've never really felt the call in my life to go and tell. I would like to suggest that if you are a child of God, there has rarely been a day when he is not calling you to do that. If you're a Christian, he is always calling. He is always speaking. The question is, are we listening? The last point Jesus really conveys in this verse is his setting of a target. The target he gives to Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Well, what is Jerusalem? It's Colonial Heights, it's Henrico, it's Richmond, it's Chesterfield, it's your workplace, your home and everything around it. What's Judea and Samaria? That's the Virginia and United States. So many times we think about other countries and missions overseas, but we forget about all the hurt and lost people right here. I had the chance to go on a mission trip with the middle school department a few years back. What we were doing is we were handing out flyers to people and helping a church get started through this event. You know, what it really showed me is, while we live in the greatest nation in the world, one that's built on Christian foundations, even, we still have places that are godless and have God, don't have um, God influences. It's our job as Christians to go to those places and make sure there are godly influences. The last place is to the ends of the earth. This one's pretty easy. You just grab a world map, look at it, and there you go. I mean, we all know there's lost people in every single corner of the world. I had the experience this past summer to go to Africa. It was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. Like Lion King, exactly how you'd picture it is that's how it is. It's just like Lion King. It was awesome, and I really got experience the joy and pleasure that comes with listening to God and going to the world and sharing his love. What we do out there is we are going from house to house, or rather hut to hut, and the whole house would gather around us as we shared the creation of Christ story. I went with Pastor Wes and his son Nate, and we had the opportunity to lead over lead 38 people to Christ. It was one of the most awesome experiences of my life. And yet, when all that is done, there is still always more, there is always further, and there is always another person who we can share the love of Christ with. I don't know about you, but I am sure glad to be part of a church where we give, we serve, and we go to reach one more at home and around the world. God in this verse really points out that we are supposed to start where we are, but always be looking out into the world. So where would you start? Have you talked about spiritual things with the neighbor or with the neighbor or the people you work with for years or and or the friends you go to school with? Sure it might be uncomfortable, but it's what we are called to do, and Jesus gives us the power to do it through the Holy Spirit. Jesus calls us in everything to be a witness. It was so important to him, it was literally his last words. I've really been convicted while I've been writing this message about the type of witness I am being. 
Yes, I want to be obedient to him, but even more, I want to be compelled by my love for him to go and witness. I'm going to start making a list of people in my life who I know I can witness to, who I know are lost. I wonder what kind of difference it would make if we all decided to write down just a list of three people who we know we could witness to, because everyone has that. Everyone has three people in their life that are not saved. If just half of the people we wrote down came to Christ, that would be over four, that'd be just about 4,000 new believers. Let's pray. Lord, help us to be the witness you have called us to be. Amen.